Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. Hi there, everyone. So Jeanette here. We are live on multiple channels here. So I hope you can all hear me. So what I want to cover in the next sort of 20 minutes or so is all about raising finance, how you raise finance for your business, the different options available to you, and also things to consider if you might actually be in that position. Now, I am not a financial advisor. I have to um, emphasize that. But obviously, I have run businesses of different sizes over the years, whether it's in the hundreds of millions um, or you know smaller businesses as well. So raising finance is often a key topic, a key area that sometimes people can struggle with and don't necessarily know where to start. So I thought it'd be really useful to jump on actually do a video and for anyone listening to this on audio on my podcast um, also you hopefully you can benefit too so let's start with the different reasons that you might need finance for your business and there are many of them so I'm just going to give you a couple of options and scenarios why you might need to raise finance uh, in order to scale up and grow. But there are many, many more. I'd also just recommend that you grab a pen and paper. You might want to take some notes because I'm going to cover a lot of stuff here. So reasons why you might need finance for your business. You know, you might be starting up actually. It might be a new business. And even if that as a small business, invariably, you're going to need some form of capital in order to get going. That might be to create a simple website. It might be to buy certain pieces of kit and equipment that you need. It might be to you know raise awareness for a, a small marketing campaign. So many, many reasons. But when you're starting up, even if it's a small business, you will invariably need some capital. Um, running costs, the second one, you know, if you've got a business that's already up and running, the cost of running that business, you know, can be quite extensive, in particular if you're scaling up. So in order to expand and grow, it might be that you need finance in order to support the day-to-day running costs of the business. That could be raw materials, it could be labor, it could be utilities, etc. So the normal running cost of a business. So the actual third one, recruitment, maybe you're looking to bring in some extra talent into your business. And certainly over the years when I've, you know, ran very large global teams with thousands of people on my team, having the right people is absolutely key. And sometimes that doesn't come uh, cheap. You know, if you want to actually have really experienced people in your business, you might need to be hiring them. Same applies if you're uh, in a smaller business as well. So recruitment, marketing, You might be wanting to run a specific campaign. Maybe you're going to go on TV for the first time, and that's quite expensive form of media that you need some capital for. You could be expanding. You might be going into new markets, maybe new regions or different products and services that you're going to offer. So in order to fund your expansion, you could need capital. And then the last point, which I just want to mention on this section, is about mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, you can grow your business organically 
or inorganically. Uh, inorganic growth, you know, is normally around merging or buying other businesses or joint venturing, all of which you, you know, typically will need capital. So there's many, many, many reasons why you might need finance in your business. Um, so those are just a few. And, you know, as you go into this phase, what I would recommend is you give some consideration to all of this before you actually start raising capital or thinking about the different ways that you could actually raise finance in order for you to grow and scale or whatever your position might be in terms of starting up as well. So some tips and things for you to consider before you start. Number one, start with the end in mind. Now, I often say this when I'm working with my mentee clients or with the businesses that I advise, because ultimately being clear on where you want to get to will influence the things that you do now. Even if that is in 10 years time or even a longer time frame, or it might be in a couple of years time, but start with the end in mind and think then, if you want to get there, how do I then work backwards in order to make sure that I'm doing the right things in the right way? And that will also include the finance aspect of it, how much money you need, what you need it for, when do you need it, all of those considerations, but in that broader context of ultimately where you're aiming to get to. So second point, what do you need the money for? Now, I've just given you some examples of why you might need to raise finance and capital in your business, but being clear on what you're actually going to deploy the capital on is important. Um, Very often, in particular with startup businesses or early stage businesses, I see founders going running out raising finance, which is great, but that finance comes at a cost. And if you don't know how you're going to deploy that capital, then and what what returns you're expecting to get, you could raise too much finance or maybe not enough finance. So being absolutely crystal clear about what you're going to use the capital for is important. The third point, what returns are you expecting to see from the finance that you're raising? So once you've actually raised the finance and you're deploying it in your business for any of the reasons that I uh, I explained earlier, what are the sort of returns you're looking you're looking to achieve? So you need to be all over your numbers. Um, you know, that is an obvious thing to say. But always, sometimes it's, it's missed, actually. We're so keen to just crack on that we actually haven't done our homework and our sort of planning up front, if you like. So the returns and results you're expecting to see. Next point, how long do you need the finance for? How long do you need the capital for? Because depending on that will also help you choose the best form of finance for you. So if you have, it might be that there's a short-term cash flow issue in the business. So in that case, it could be something as simple as a, you know, an extended overdraft facility that would actually suffice for a very limited period of time. Or it might be that actually, you know, you're going to plan on buying out your competitor that might need significant capital um, and maybe over a much longer time frame. So, you know, how long you need the finance for will dictate the options available to you and ultimately for you to decide which ones are going to be the best. Next point. Are you prepared to give away equity for the finance that you're raising? So this is in particular um, of importance if you are a a founder-led business um, where maybe you started a business, you've got to a certain scale, and actually you need to now grow to the next next level. 
Um, how much equity you're prepared to give away is important for you to be clear on. Um, I often see businesses and, and business owners that sometimes can give away too much equity too, too soon. Um, so again, be really clear on, on how much equity you're prepared to give away. Or if indeed, if, that, if you're not prepared to give away equity, then there are alternative options available to you. And then the final point for you to consider as you go on this journey of raising finance is what are the qualities that you're looking for in an investor? Now, if you're looking to bring someone into the business, maybe as, a, to, as an equity partner or as a joint venture partner, the capital is one thing that they bring, but they could also bring many other, many other things. So it could be their network. It could be specific experience and skills and knowledge. It could be that you want someone to come in as maybe as a chair or a non-exec director, for example, and you want a certain um, type of qualities from that investor. So it's not all about the money. Thinking of the broader picture is important as well. So those are just some of the considerations for you to do upfront as you're starting this financing journey that you're on. So what I'm now going to do is take you through uh, the different finance options available to you. Now, again, this is not exhaustive. There will be more, but this is just to give you a sense of some of those options available to you for you to consider. Okay, so you can basically raise finance in, in two broad ways, either internally or externally. And I'm going to take you through each of those broader ways to raise finance and then go into the different scenarios available within them. So if you're looking at, you know, addressing short or medium term needs, often you might be able to do that internally within your business without actually having to go externally to raise finance. So that could be there are, there are basically three options within this. It could be that you have your own capital. Um, so this is often called bootstrapping, where you start a business or you, you actually put your own funds into your business in order to, to kind of get it going, to maybe start, you know, grow it to a certain level. Um, bootstrapping, it could be your own capital, as I mentioned, or it could be friends and family. It could be some of your maybe your personal assets in terms of cash resources, um, or you might actually be in business with someone, so you might have a co-founder with you. So bootstrapping your business by essentially putting your own capital in is one way that you can you can actually you know get some get some finance into the business in the short term. The other way is retained profit. So if your business has been running for a certain period of time and you've been making a profit over the, you know, the previous years, you could have taken that profit out as a dividend potentially, or you may actually decide to keep it in the business in order to fund the future growth. So this is certainly what um, Chris and I do with our property business, for example. We don't take money out of that business. We actually use it to reinvest so that when we, for, for the future profit, property deals that we do. So that is from retained profit, retained earnings in the business that you then use as a source of finance to grow um, and for those initiatives that you're looking to do. And the third uh, area which comes within internal finance is sale of assets. So you might have some assets, either personal assets or assets within the business that you could actually then sell and actually use to fund um, you know, what you need to do for the different initiatives. So it's often a good, a good source um, of finance to use if the asset is of no longer use to the business. 
so the disadvantage of that is that, of course, you've got to find a buyer <laughs> for that asset. So it might be plant and machinery, for example, um, that maybe you no longer need in your business that you can sell to someone else to bring some capital in. So those are three of the most common uh, sources of internal finance for you. Okay, I told you there was a lot of information here, didn't I? <laughs> so let's move on now to raising finance externally. And again, there are lots of different ways that you can raise finance externally. So I'm going to start with probably more of the simpler ones first and then build up from there. So the first one, which is most common, is an overdraft facility. Um, you know, just in the same way as you would have an overdraft for your own personal uh, banking accounts, for a business account, you would also have an overdraft facility. Um, now, you do have to obviously be aware of how much you use your overdraft uh, because, it, again, there's interest associated with that. But nonetheless, it can be a very sort of quick and easy way to actually get access to capital. And um, so having a good relationship with your with your business bank manager or, you know, a counselor that you work with is important here. So, you know, variable interest rates, the, the thing to think about here is that interest rates can change. So, you know, the cost of the finance will change, but it does give you flexibility to draw down on that facility as and when you actually require it. So that's the first one. Second one, uh, trade credit. You know, so trade credit is, is essentially, you know, a credit agreement, source of finance that allows your business to obtain raw materials and stock, etc. But you pay for them at a later date. So, you know, this is an example of short term source of finance for your business. Um, it's often made once the business has actually had an opportunity to convert those raw materials in stock into products. You can then sell to your own customers and receive payments. So it's, it's a suitable source of finance for all businesses, to be honest. Um, now, common terms that you need to be aware of when you've got trade credit is around, you know, the credit limit. So the amount of credit available to your business, the credit periods, the length of time uh, the business has to pay what is owed. That could be typically 30, 60, 90 days, the frequency of the payment that you need to make, the method of payment. And also, are there any retrospective discounts that can be given when you have purchased a certain amount of stock or raw materials? So there may be some kind of kick back for purchasing things at scale. So that's trade credit. Um, and essentially, it allows you to get the, re the, the resources into your business that you need before um, you have to pay for the suppliers. The next one is asset finance. So if you're familiar with higher purchase and leasing, then you're on your way to understanding asset finance. But it's simply a way of financing your venture by obtaining the equipment you need to grow usually by spreading the cost of the kit over an agreed period of time. So it's also the type of finance that can be used, um, you know, with a, for a range of capital items or fixed assets. It could be plant, equipment, vehicles, IT equipment, um, even for more specialist, you know, items like, you know, marine vessels, aircraft, etc. You know, I spent a lot of time in the travel industry in my, my corporate life. So, you know, asset finance is often used for those larger capital items that you're buying. Um, the, the other area is loans, you know, a loan, a loan uh, going into an individual business that is paid off with interest over an agreed period of time. You know, so for our property business, give you an example, we work with investors 
and we give them a fantastic rate of return for them lending us funding, which we deploy into our property business. For the investor, it's fantastic because they have a great rate of return, far higher than they would get if they were, you know, had their money sitting in the bank. But also it means that it's a sort of a hands-off, no hassle, no effort way of them getting a return. And also for us, it's a win because it means that we can use that capital in a way that allows us to grow our property business. So that's a straight loan basis with an agreed terms, interest, etc. Last point that I just want to bring in here is um, around share issues. So share issue is where you raise money um, through the sale of ordinary shares in your business. Um, buying shares or buying a part ownership of the business and therefore gives you certain rights, such as rights to vote on the business. So the advantages of a share issue include, you know, it's a source of permanent capital. Um, you know, so you can't get a refund. Um, they'd have to sell their shares in order to do that. And there are no dividends paid if the business has a poor year. So it, it, again, it allows, it's very much linked to your financial results. The disadvantages of doing a share issue is it, it dilutes the control for the founders. So as I said before, how much equity are you prepared to give away in your business is important. And of course, you know, depending on that, it could also mean that you, your business may be vulnerable to takeover in the future. As it grows and sells more shares, it becomes more vulnerable to the threat of a takeover um, because the shares are sold publicly. Uh, so if enough, if an individual buys enough shares, they can persuade other shareholders to vote for a new management team, for example. So I don't want to go into the ins and outs of this too much, but share issue is another way to raise finance for the business. Next point, crowdfunding. Uh, so again, crowdfunding, that involves a large number of people investing smaller amounts into a business. And it's very often done through crowdsourcing, crowdfunding online platforms uh, that allows you to reach many, many people that might want to invest smaller amounts that collectively get you the finance that you need. So some of the funding websites that you might be aware of are Crowdfunder, GoFundMe, Kickstarter. Um, so the advantages, advantages of using crowdfunding is it, it acts as a form of market research as well. So sometimes crowdfunding can be used for a sort of a, an early stage business, a new business, uh, and it allows you to see how much appetite there is for the offering and the product and the service that you're actually putting out there. And it can provide opportunities for startups when maybe they would struggle to get finance from other sources. So there are definite advantages of crowdfunding. The disadvantages, Iliar, is that the business must be interesting in order for people to, to be attracted to put their funds into that crowdfund. And it can be difficult to reach a funding target. Now, the statistics show that from crowdfunding websites indicate that under 33% of businesses achieve their funding target from purely crowdfunding. But nonetheless, it could be, you know, an actual part of an overall funding strategy for you. Uh, so as I say, crowdfunding is becoming more and more popular over time. Uh, so it's an interesting area for you to explore. Uh, the final way I'm going to talk about external funding is by bringing a partner in, a new partner into your business. You know, so they may be, um, it might be again that you joint venture with someone. It can bring new skills and expertise into your business and it doesn't necessarily incur um, a huge amount of cost. It might be an equity 
uh, play that you have for, for the funding coming in and by bringing that new partner into the business. Obviously, the disadvantage of that, of that, you know, a new partner will share from the profit. So you have to be prepared for that. And they'll also have a say in how the business runs normally. So as you can see, there are many, many ways that you can raise finance for your business. There's a lot to consider. I have just given you a very, very quick canter through some of the things that you should th think about, why you might need finance for your business, the options available for you when you're raising finance either internally or externally. Um, so I hope this has been helpful. You know, I work with individual mentees of mine to help them scale and grow their business, take it to the next level. Or And I also work with senior executives that want to progress their career. Maybe they're in the corporate, corporate world. But nine times out of 10, financing and raising finance comes up as a regular topic, which is why I wanted to do this um, video and also this podcast uh, episode, because it's an area that people can feel quite daunted by. Um, Keep it simple. Start with those basics, put the planning in place and, and then really go from there. Obviously, you need to be bringing in the right professionals and experts when it comes to specific financial advice. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just sharing with you some of the options available to you and some of the, uh, the mechanics that I've personally used, both in the portfolio of businesses that I have today in the world of property advisory work that I do and mentoring, but also from my corporate experience of 27 years in the travel industry, running very large businesses um, and doing mergers and acquisitions all over the world, etc. So it is complicated, it can be complicated, but if you break it down into its component parts and go through those different stages that I mentioned to you of really thinking about why you need the money, what are the reasons for raising the finance in the first place, um, really thinking about the starting with the end in mind and doing a lot of that preparatory work as well. And then before you actually start looking at what your options are. But, you know, raising finance, it doesn't have to be as daunting as it can sound sometimes. Um, if anyone needs any support guidance, I'm always here. So please just reach out and, you know, just remember, Whatever we do in life, we only have one. <laughs> we only have one life. So we want to make it count. We want to actually be able to move forward with confidence, enjoy the ride along the way. And even when we're dealing with tricky situations like raising finance, you can learn so much and, and actually enjoy the process as well, as crazy as that can sound sometimes. So I hope this has been really helpful. And uh, whatever you're doing, remember, it's by being brave and bold that you unlock your brilliance. So I hope it's been helpful. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you are in the world. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. So that's it. I'm Jeanette and I am checking out. Bye now. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.